Well, March Madness is upon us, and there has been no better conference in women's basketball this season than the Big Ten. We are going straight to the expert on the subject and so much more, and it all starts right now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Tuesday, friends. It is February 28th, 2023. We are the last day of February, which means March Madness is one day away. I am Missy Heydrich, National Women's Correspondent here at The Next. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listening every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to go see us at The Next, www.thenexthoops.com for 365, 24-7 coverage of women's basketball. Well, the Big Ten Conference has had all of the storylines this season in women's basketball. It's got great teams, outstanding players, top-notch coaches, and they have changes coming in their future, and we are going to talk all about it. I am honored to have the Vice President of Women's Basketball for the Big Ten Conference with me here today to talk about this season and so much more. Megan Kahn, welcome, Megan. Thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. I, I get chills when I hear the buzzer beater shot on the intro there. Looking at the calendar, February 28th, no, March 1st is tomorrow. We tip off our tournament tomorrow on uh, just the onset of March Madness. I love it. Yeah, it is. It really is one of the best times of the year. I don't know why. I mean, it's hard when you have to think about working and doing all these other things that go with it. Um, I want to take a step back and talk a little bit about your position and coming to the Big Ten in 2021. This position with your league, um, it's unique as it relates to women's basketball um, and really women's sports in general. We know that there's a lot of specific administrators for men's basketball, football out there, especially in the Power Five. But this was really, I think, the Big Ten making a very strategic commitment to women's basketball. So what drew you to this post back in 2021? Maybe why this job and why the Big Ten? Well, if I would have known that we were going to be this good, it would have been that much simpler. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I was immediately attracted. I, I, in my previous position, I was not in a women's basketball centric role. Uh, but previous to that, I had been in two women's basketball centric roles with the ACC first. And at the time I was at the ACC, they were the first conference in the country to ever sell out a tournament game for their women. And so I got a chance to sort of learn and experience what that was like and had the opportunity to run two women's final fours, 2015, 2019 in Tampa, and just thought that if the right job ever came along, that was women's basketball basketball centric, I would be interested. And when I heard that they were creating this position, um, somebody reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested. And it took me all about 10 seconds and said, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, I grew up in the Big Ten footprint and uh, grew up in Iowa, did not go to Iowa or play for the Hawkeyes, but was a camper for Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen and got recruited by Nebraska. And I knew Amy Williams and I played with Brenda Freeze's younger sister. So <laughs> there were some crazy ties to the Big Ten um, already inherently. And, and I knew their future was really bright and was very, very impressed with Commissioner Warren and his vision for elevating women's basketball. You know, we saw what happened in 2020 in San Antonio play out on the national stage and uh, just such a 
it still breaks my heart to think about what we walked through as a basketball community at that point in time. And Commissioner Warren really stepped up to the plate and and he wanted our women to be on the same platform as men. And so it, it really sort of spearheaded his vision for creating this position. And the coaches have been asking for somebody to have their back day in and day out. And here we are today and, and you know, the strongest league in the country. It's I hate to say this, almost been storybook, you know, yeah. it just has been so exciting. Last year was was tough coming in with COVID and mm-hmm. rescheduling and all those things, but I was still loving it. And, um, you know, it's it's been everything I dreamed of and more. There's the one thing that we see across the country, and I think it's obviously the growing popularity of women's basketball. And there's a lot of conversation about value and what what drives value in the market, um, especially when we see it with television partners and many things that women's basketball and many people, I think, and it's true that they think women's basketball is probably undervalued in certain terms. So when you guys think about it from a conference level, um, when it comes to women's basketball in terms of your focus and expanding that brand, so to speak, what value does your job then bring to to moving those things forward? Could be short-term, long-term, big steps, small steps, whatever that might be. Yeah, every single day I'm thinking about how are we elevating the brand of Big Ten women's basketball and it helps that we have amazing student athletes, amazing teams, amazing coaches on the floor. They certainly make my job easier, but I'm constantly thinking about how can we put ourselves in a position, one, that nobody else is doing or thinking about, and two, wh- where can we leverage brand where we've never leveraged brand before? Is that through merchandise collaborations? Is it through certain digital opportunities? Is it you know our new TV and media partners? Uh, next year, we'll introduce NBC Peacock as a media partner. That's you know 30 additional exposures that we've never had before, either on linear or streaming. CBS, for the first time ever, will broadcast a women's tournament championship game. So in 2000, 2024 tournament championship game will be on CBS and nearly every single household in the country. So, so those are opportunities where we're leveraging our brand. We can grow our brand. We can expose new people to Big Ten women's basketball. I've always said I think that the Big Ten, um, incredibly fortunate and very forward thinking back in the day when they launched the Big Ten Network. And it really gave you a robust engine for not, you know, for non-revenue sports, but women's sports in general. So how has that been a game changer for you when you think about these new partners, what happens down the road, but also knowing that you always have that piece of the puzzle that not a lot of other people necessarily have? Yeah, we're fortunate to have a great relationship with Big Ten Network. It was one of my priorities when I first got the job. And uh, Francois was one of the first people to call and congratulate me right after I got the job. And so, you know, he he has an open phone line and we have a great relationship. And one of the things that I felt really strongly about as we moved it, we knew we were going to be good. I don't know if we knew we were going to be this good, but we knew we were going to be good. And so the, one of the things that I prioritize is we need to make sure they have the right right talent, right? If we're going to elevate our brand and we're going to gain that respect on the national level, we have to have the right talent in place calling our games and they have to carry a level of respect nationally that helps us continue to be at that level and gain new respect. And so we worked a lot hand in hand collaboratively. How are are we producing media days? What digital content are we producing? Steph White's been fantastic, um, you know, in her ability to share with her ESPN commitments and come back over to to Big Ten when it allows. And so being able to leverage our talent, um, very diverse profile, but also those on the national level. 
you know, BTN, they have open ears. They've been fantastic partners. They really want to show their um, the, our coaches that they're engaged and they're committed to growing this. We've seen incredible TV viewership numbers this year, far surpassing anything we've ever seen before. All right. So when we come back, we're going to get to the really good stuff, which is to talk about the teams and the players and the coaches that have made this 2022-23 season one of the very best in Big Ten history. Okay, but first I have to give everyone a message from our friends over at Build Bar. So if you are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the stuff that comes with it, with it then you've got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% chocolate, which is a fan favorite of mine, and unbelievable flavors. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you do not need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking that you would have to order from Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sands Club. So that's right. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream or double chocolate. And if you are close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 box, bar, a 13 bar box that you can take home for yourself. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heydrich, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen today. I am here with Megan Kahn, Vice President of the Big Ten for Women's Basketball. And Megan, we've talked a little bit, A, how you got here, B, what this means in terms of promoting the brand. But I'm I'm an old schooler, and so I feel like the best way to promote your brand and to think about the storylines are the people. And if you couldn't have asked, I think, for a culmination of a fantastic year so far in Big Ten women's basketball. Um, you've got five teams this week ranked in the AP poll, one that's receiving votes. You've got Indiana winning their first regular season title in 40-plus years. What has made this league so tough night in and night out this season, you think? Yeah. And, and for once, you know, I think we're finally gaining that national respect that for years, maybe the Big Ten quite hasn't been there. You know, the SEC has been the talk or the Pac-12 and rightfully so. No disrespect to them, but the strength of our league from top to bottom. When you look at how good Michigan is, they're, they're in last week's NCAA top 16 reveal and they're fifth in our league. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that says a lot. Anyone can be anybody on any given night. That's what's going to make this week so fun. But I think the thing that's impressed me the most now this year, I you know don't even know countless games that I've been on campus for and attended is watching our student athletes. And I noticed it first at Media Days last fall. We have the opportunity to put them on the exact same platform, exact same stage as we put our male student athletes on and, and to watch them shine. And they just are so confident. They're so authentic. They really are comfortable in their own skin and, and watch how organically this is happening around the league, that they've embraced this opportunity to grow the game. And we're seeing little boys, even little girls, of course, which is amazing. I didn't have that growing up. I, you know, we didn't watch women's basketball on TV, barely. Maybe you saw a final four game, but not night in and night out. No. And so watching these young girls run around in Mackenzie Holmes or Caitlin Clark jerseys and little boys, I have, I have two nephews and I was there a couple of weekends ago and they were in the basement playing on their nerve hoop and they're like, you know, mock playing. And they were like, Caitlin to Monica. Well, we didn't have that because we didn't see women's. And these are my little nephews. They have no idea that gender is even this thing. They just know cool women's basketball stars. And so I think it's that 
opportunity where they've embraced this opportunity to grow the game and they get that it's bigger than just themselves and to really be role models. That's what's impressed me the most. And I just, I smile about it every time on campus and I watch them sign jerseys and stay around for the fans and pose for selfies. It's awesome. Um, I had the pleasure of chatting a couple weeks ago on this podcast with Lisa Peterson, who is chair of this year's um, Division One Women's Basketball Committee. And we talked a lot about um, the process of the selection of the Field of 68, what goes into that, that it is different um, than what the men's selection criteria is. You know, not only is net ranking part of it, but that there are other things that they take into account. But one thing that was really interesting to me was – the fact that she has a lot, they have as committee members, a lot of conversations over the course of the season with coaches, with conference administrators and representatives. So I'm assuming that part of your job description also entails lobbying, as we might like to call it. So as you think forward um, right now, this league looking at, as of today, seven teams projected to get into the NCAA tournament. What's your role and what has been your role in that process? Yeah, and Lisa's exactly right. You know, I've been having regular calls with our committee members. So you have from the committee, then they assign everybody a primary league and a secondary league. So we have two liaisons and we've been meeting regularly since I think our first call was late November, maybe early December. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a great opportunity. The great thing is um, the national attention the Big Ten has received. So we don't just have two committee members who who know the Big Ten well. Uh, but, you know, we're regularly in contact with not only the strength of some of our wins and the teams we feed, and my gosh, we have nine teams in the net top 50. You mentioned the net. Mm -hmm. um, they're looking at their performance in the last 10 games. We're looking at how injuries are affecting what, you know, is, um, you know, for instance, Indiana's loss to Michigan State early uh, what well, was late December, early in our conference season, they were without Grace Berger. So, Correct. you know, that that's a, that's a big thing that we're talking about in the call. So injuries and projections for when they're going to be back. And maybe if a team had a, a crazy slip up, like why that might be going on. And so those are the conversations, you know, we're intimately having and in touch with them and updating them if we get injury news and updates and, um, you know, they've, they've been fantastic. Um, the league is certainly speaking for itself right now. So it's hard to say I have to do much lobbying <laughs> right now because um, uh, we have such great product on the floor. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can see Nebraska in there, too. We, we have eight teams in, which would be the most the Big Ten has ever had. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you're right. When it does, they kind of do their own talking for you. It does make your life a little bit easier. Um, last year, I had the chance. I went down. I covered the Wichita Regional. Had the pleasure to see Michigan play twice. Um, Kim Barnes Rico, I think one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion. And as you said it, they are, you know, projected in that top 16 this year, yet sit as the fifth seed in your Big Ten tournaments that starts tomorrow. Um, but at the conference level. When you look at this, how significant is it to have your conference, your teams go deep into the tournament? That Elite Eight appearance for Michigan obviously was um, record for them. But yet that has to be something as you guys think about the totality of the Big Ten to say, hey, that kind of projection or going that deep into the tournament can only be a benefit for all of us. Yeah. And, you know, Michigan's run to the, I was in Wichita as well. Michigan's run to the elite eight last year was phenomenal. We talk about brand. So what does it not only do for Michigan and KBA to recruit to Michigan um, and the big 10 as a whole, it helps us garner that national love or respect. Indiana the year before was in the elite eight. Certainly that was before my time. I, I think, and we've talked internally about this, 
what we need to do to garner that next level of respect is we need to get a team, if not two teams in the final four this year, we're, we're certainly primed for it. And, you know, you can look at the mock brackets and everything that's out, but until it actually happens, all that doesn't mean anything. And so, you know, I, I think, and Indiana and Terry Morin and Iowa and Brenda Freeze and, you know, what Maryland's performance now coming on so strong in February, you know, they're locked on going deep in the tournament and all of this and the competition they played night in and night out is really preparing them for success. It's one of the things we talk about with how we build out not only our non-conference schedule, but our conference schedule, 18 games and in that finding that competitive equity across the board um, that we're putting them in position to be not only selected for the NCAA tournament to have success in the NCAA tournament. Well, and I think one of the things that happens to leagues all over the country, I mean, I sit in big 12 country, I see it all the time is, is you beat up on each other, right? Because you are having to play people more than once within your conference schedule. Um, you know, whether it's the Missouri Valley, they're running that double round Robin this year, it does happen. All of a sudden people's records might not look all that fantastic on paper, but when you really dive into it, that's the difference maker. It seems to me, too, though, then the difference maker right now in the Big Ten has to be some of these fantastic student athletes. And you mentioned it, putting them on a platform. But now we're talking about players like Caitlin Clark and Mackenzie Holmes and Diamond Miller. These young women are becoming household names. Um, I know they just released a lot of the awards um, that just came out within probably the last hour or so at the conference level. Uh, but when you look at the the level of student athlete that is there, it seems to me that it's really hard sometimes to matriculate and to figure out who actually is going to win these darn awards. But I think there's some fantastic recipients for 22-23. Yeah, and, and you hit some of the elite players off the top of your head. You know, Diamond Miller doesn't win player of the year, but she's going to be a projected first-round WNBA draft pick. Mackenzie Holmes, probably in any other league, would have garnered player of the year. But when you have a Caitlin Clark um, in you know, her theatrics on Sunday and everything she's been able to do, I think she won player of the week six times this season. Um, you know, and and but Mackenzie comes up with defensive player of the year. It just shows her versatility and to play both ends of the floor. And really, she's had a fantastic year, phenomenal year. Grace Berger, um, you know, we just have Leah Brown and what she's been able to do at Michigan. And fortunately, Ohio State got knocked with some injuries. So JC has been uh, off the court, but, you know, she started out so strong. It just the depth that's there and, you know, potentially Taylor, Taylor Mikesell, first round draft pick, um, Grace Berger, potential first round draft pick. And and luckily we're going to hang on to Mackenzie and JC for another year uh, as they take advantage of their extra COVID year. So that'll be a lot of fun. No, that is. And two young faces who take home awards this year. Uh, freshman of the year in the Big Ten from Ohio State is Cody McMahon, who she had a fantastic season. I love her game. And sixth player of the year, Hannah Stolke of Iowa, two freshmen. So I think that not only sets the stage for what you're going to see throughout postseason here, but moving forward, this league just continues to get better and better and stronger and stronger. Yeah, I think it's exciting because, you know, people talk about Caitlin being a one generation player and certainly she is. And my gosh, I want to hang on to her as long as we can. She's <laughs> she's uh, I'm very fortunate to to be able to have a relationship with her off the port. And I always want to call her a kid. She's not a kid, but she's just, you know, such a neat young woman and how she's grown into the national spotlight and embracing it all. Um, but our future is bright when you look at Cody McMahon and, and even Sarah Williams at Wisconsin and yes. Michael at 
Rutgers um, and Hannah Stolke. Oh my gosh, did she improve from the first time we saw her in early November to now and the minute she's able to produce off the bench. You give Jan Jensen, who they, you know, nickname the post whisperer, <laughs> another year with her and Hannah, uh, Hannah Stolke is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, no, there is some great talent. Okay, Megan is joining us today from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we're going to talk a little bit about this upcoming Big Ten postseason tournament that begins tomorrow and some of the changes that are headed to the league in just a few years. But before we do that, we have to also talk a little bit about how these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. We all have been in that situation where LinkedIn has created an instant contact for us and good things have happened. So you're going to go to LinkedIn jobs. You add your job and the, the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitor. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everyone. I am Missy Heidrich. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on Women's Basketball. And it has been my pleasure to have Megan Kahn, Vice President of Women's Basketball for the Big Ten Conference with us here today. All right, Megan, uh, the Big Ten Tournament, it starts tomorrow. And you've also got some changes that are coming to this league. But you are in Minneapolis right now getting prepared for the tournament. Uh, the first time this event has been in Minneapolis, I believe. Why the change in site and what does it look like going forward in terms of other host cities that might be in the mix as it relates to where this postseason tournament's going to land? And Indianapolis has done a fantastic job for us in the past, uh, but I couldn't be more excited about Minneapolis from the second we announced that we were coming here it was right after last year's Final Four, which was sold out. Unbelievable environment. Um, I I knew it was going to be a great city, and I, I think we're going to surprise our fans who there's affinity toward Indy. It's been in Indy for so long, but I think we're going to surprise our fans, our teams. We've really worked hard internally to elevate the experience for our student athletes and the fan experience. Uh, and Minneapolis has done a fantastic job. You know, the, in recent years, they've hosted a Super Bowl. They've hosted a men's Final Four. Last year's women's Final Four was sold out. So obviously they have a, a very strong track record of hosting successful championship events. Our ticket sales already are, are showing unbelievable growth from even last year. Um, and, and the thing I love about it too is not only does it give our student athletes a new experience, but we're also, again, growing our fan base. We, we're now exposing people who haven't maybe had a chance to attend a tournament in Indy before, a, a chance to attend here. We have schools now that weren't in driving distance to Indianapolis that are in driving distance yeah. to Minneapolis. We have a, a crazy enough, we have a lot of storylines with ties here to Minneapolis. Penn State head coach Carolyn Keeger is from this area. Monica Sinano and her sister are from this area. Uh, they're both student athletes. Monica, obviously, Iowa and Maggie here at uh, University of Minnesota and, and BAM bases that are drivable. Um, Amy Williams' sister coaches at 
Minnesota Mankato. And so it's just funny. There's a lot of storylines. Brenda Freeze was the head coach here at Minnesota years ago. And so it's fun to, to be able to watch those storylines. I think there's a fan affinity for those folks coming back home and being able to play. And Lindsay Whalen, my gosh, you talk about a homegrown star uh, and, and the Gophers coming off a big win on Sunday over Purdue. And certainly they're playing tomorrow and uh, those opening round games, but if they can get a win and advance to Thursday, I think that's going to help our crowd. I, I'm just excited. I think our our folks are going to have a fantastic experience here. Well, that's great. That's great. Now we all know the landscape of college athletics. It's always moving. It's always shifting. Never a dull moment for sure. Uh, the Big Ten announced this past summer that you are having two new additions to your league. UCLA and USC are coming to the Big Ten. What is the biggest takeaway um, from this move and how do you think it's going to impact women's basketball specifically? Well, our league is imminently going to get that much stronger, which is crazy to think about. Um, you know, certainly I've been watching where their fall and those top 16 reveals and the, the top 25 polls and stuff like that. And you think about adding two more teams to a season like what we just had. Right. Unbelievable. Um, you know, Corey Close, one of the best coaches in the game. Lindsey Gottlieb was in the game, advanced to a Final Four, left, went to the NBA, came back. And what she's building at USC is going to be something special. We're seeing them already come on so strong this year. And so to add that into our mix is incredible to give our student athletes opportunities to go out to L.A. Now we're in the three largest media markets in the country with New York, Chicago, you add LA into the mix. Um, scheduling, I'm going to tell you, is going to be a priority and how we build out that, uh, what we talk about competitive equity um, and how we build out that schedule moving forward. I'm, I don't think we're going to change. We're still going to stay at 18 conference games. At least that's the direction we're moving right now, unless something changes. Um, so I don't see it affecting that, but but just what it's going to do from a brand standpoint, from an experience standpoint, from us being able to showcase our student athletes in the three largest medium and how that even helps them with recruiting, how it helps um, our student athletes with NIL opportunities and, and building their own brand and, and the, finding their voice. So it's just unbelievable time of the year to, to be in and in the stage of you know, the landscape for college athletics is changing. And I sort of feel like right place, right time to step into this job and an announcement like that. And now the success we're having this year and the opportunity to really, um, you know, have a blank slate in front of me and get to grow and build something that's never been done before. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, sometimes you just have to be, as you said, right place, right time. But I do think it takes a lot of hard work to get there. Um, one more question before uh, I we talk about um, – the tournament and the championship coming up um, towards the end of this coming week, your boss, the commissioner, Kevin Warren um, is going to be leaving the big 10, returning to the NFL, going back to his roots in the front office of the Chicago bears. This is a time where we've seen other conferences go in different directions as they are thinking and looking at um, their leadership. Some have gone with more of a business centric individual rather than maybe that true old school academic or athletic related person from a campus. Um, in your in your opinion, what do you think the Big Ten uh what direction will be the best thing for the Big Ten moving forward? What do you want to see as you think about the priorities when they are looking at filling that role and bringing on a new leader? Well, I'm glad the search firm gets paid the big bucks to do that. So it's not on my shoulders. But, you know, um, I'm bummed because I had a great relationship with Kevin and, you know, he hired me and his vision for 
growing women's basketball really attracted me to this position. And it wasn't just lip service when he talked about elevating women's basketball or elevating, he really walked the walk. And so my hope is that whether um, it's a woman, it's a man, whoever comes in as the new commissioner, he or she is as committed, if not even more committed to that. Uh, given the success we've had, I would just be heartbroken and crushed if somebody wasn't as committed as that and, and to really making it happen and giving me and me and us collectively the resources that we need to really grow it and be successful and the autonomy to think outside the box and be really innovative and progressive in our thinking. You know, Commissioner Warren loves to say we're going to be bold. And so, um, you know, I, I very much align with that way of thinking and how I operate in my leadership style. And so my hope is that a new commissioner will embrace that same um, line of thinking and really uh, support us and and be a leader to help push us as we continue to elevate. Well, I was going to say, if there's one thing that I could think when it comes to the Big Ten, I think bold is where they have been over the course of the last couple of years. And it speaks volumes to what is going to be on showcase in Minneapolis starting tomorrow with the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. All right, for everybody that's out there, games start tomorrow, March 1st. They will go all the way until the championship, which will be 4 p.m. Central Time on ESPN on March 5th. Now, I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction because I know that's not something you would do, but as a former student athlete, as a, a former coach, um, as you think about this tournament, what are you looking forward to the most um, over the course of the next couple of days? Well, I have no idea how the games are going to turn out, but I can <laughs> promise our fans will be treated to five days of really exciting basketball. Like that, that's what makes the Big Ten so special. The brand of basketball we play, it's up-tempo, it's exciting, it's passionate. Certainly there's been a flair for the dramatic this season. Um, and so, so I, I think it's a new, it's a new day. It's a new season. Anyone can beat anyone. We've seen it already happen with some of our teams more toward the bottom, knocking off some of our teams at the top through the regular season. And so as we progress, you know, it's, it's really important for our top four teams. They benefit from a double buy. So we don't see them in action until Friday. Um, but we talked about like the likes of a Michigan sitting as the number five seed and Illinois, who has just had an unbelievable storybook season as well with their turnaround sitting at number six, Purdue at number seven, who was literally a three pointer at the buzzer from knocking off Maryland, who's now the number five team in the country. And so it's just so many storylines. Um, you know, I anticipate Friday to to have a great crowd is unbelievable games with our top four seeds playing going into Saturday. Then truly we're going to see four of the top teams in the country, some of the best players in the country being showcased, and then we'll culminate it and see what happens Sunday on ESPN. And, and you know, we'll see if Indiana can uh, hang on to the trophy from the regular season, Indiana, or I'm sorry, Iowa, you know, coming off uh, last year's regular season and tournament championship. And you can never count out a Brenda Freese coach team at this nope. point in this. They've won, <laughs> they've actually won five of the last eight big 10 tournaments and, and we've seen the momentum and how they're really starting to gel. So I think it's going to be a great, uh, a great week. Fantastic finish. Looking forward to who's going to be playing on Sunday. Well, I just want to congratulate you. I know on, on behalf of everybody that covers women's basketball to be able to have um, such a fantastic leadership role out there in front of women's basketball, I think is one thing that it sets the bar. And I hope that there are other leagues across the country that are looking what you guys are doing, because I think it says a lot. And it not only is about 
um, the coaches and the student athletes that are in those locker rooms, but it is going to be about what people are going to see that brand that they're going to have a chance to see big 10 women's basketball on display this week and starting after selection Sunday on March 12th and all the way through the NCAA tournament. Um, the big 10 is doing it right. So congratulations to you on an outstanding, outstanding year. Well, thank you very much. You know, I, I would love to take credit for how well our teams are doing. I wish I could even just take a little small bit of credit, but uh, they certainly make my job a lot of fun and a lot easier. Well, sometimes you just got to have the right person. You got to be an advocate. And I know that that's incredibly important. I'm sure all those coaches and student athletes appreciate that along the way. Megan Kahn, Vice President of the Big Ten for Women's Basketball. Thank you so much. Have an awesome week in Minneapolis. Stay warm up there. Hopefully the snow stays away. I'm a Minnesota kid, born and bred, so I understand it could come at any time, any place. So I hope everyone is prepared. See, I keep saying we have skyways here. <laughs> this so is true. We're golden. We're golden. Just figure out the skyways. You never have to go outside. Uh, there's a little snow on the ground, but hopefully the snow will stay away this week. And uh, hey, we want everyone inside the Target Center anyways. I promise it'll be warm in there. Absolutely. They're going to see fantastic basketball. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you, all of you, for joining us on Locked on Women's Basketball. Uh, please join me here next Monday. We're going to break down more as it relates to the field of 68 as we get moving forward. The 2023 NCAA tournament is right around the corner. And make sure you come back all week so that we will continue to cover women's basketball, everything you need to know, and more. So thank you for making Locked on Women's Basketball for your first listen today. Now, make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game NBA covers every game from across your area with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game NBA on the Locked On Network, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. The Big Ten tournament starts tomorrow, March 1st. Tune in. You will see fantastic basketball for the entire week. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.